My guest on this week's episode of Says and Search is Patrick Stocks, product advisor, technical SEO, and brand ambassador at Ahrefs. Patrick is one of the top SEO presenters in the world right now. He's spoken at numerous conferences, including SMX, PubCon, Ungagged, and Tech SEO Boost. In 2018, Patrick was a finalist for Speaker of the Year at the Search Engine Land Awards. Patrick is also an excellent blogger and writer. He's the man behind a lot of the outstanding content put out by Ahrefs. I heard Patrick present at PubCon Florida this summer on the Page Experience Update. Patrick is extremely knowledgeable about the update, core web vitals, and why improving page experience is valuable, even if it's not a major needle mover for SEO. Patrick appears often on top 100 lists of SEOs. I can confidently say he's among the very best technical SEOs in our industry. He's well known for helping organize the Rally SEO Meetup and the Beer and SEO Meetup. The sheer number of outstanding SEOs and digital marketers in that part of the country speaks to the success of the meetup. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Patrick Stocks. We'll nerd out about Core Web Vitals. He'll explain how Google determines user annoyance. And if you like SEO and beer, stay tuned to learn more about his SEO meetup. Patrick Stocks, welcome to Susan Search. How you doing? I'm, I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. This is this is great to have you on. I've met you a couple of times. I think we first met at SMX West, where you gave a really good talk. Uh, most recently, I saw you at PubCon, where you were giving a talk about the page experience update. I'd, I'd like to understand that better myself. So do me a favor. Let's start with a simple question. In the presentation, you said it was going to there's a there's a win component like W.H.E.N. component to this. This was supposed to roll out between mid-June and late August. As we're filming now, we're in the beginning of September. Has the update fully rolled out? Should people expect this to be the the update moving forward? Yeah, it's out. Um, I think it was last week, uh, maybe the second or so. They tweeted that it's it's done. So it, at least the current iteration of it is out. I have no doubt they'll make some changes in the future. But uh, we we've been kind of looking to see: can we see? Did any sites really get impacted by this? And man, we the data is so messy. There's been a couple like core updates during all this and like a link spam update. And as far as I could tell, like we can't really attribute anything to this, which is sort of what they told us anyway, is I don't expect much. Well, a lot of these signals were already like part of the algorithm. They have been for years. So it's, I mean, the core web vitals part is like new, but it's not like page experience or page speed hasn't been a thing before. Yeah. This is something you point out. You're like, you've got the great, uh, image of Barry Schwartz with a, is this new hat? Like a lot of this stuff is if you've been paying attention to Google and to any significant degree, you know, you should have, you should, you should have HTTPS, you should have mobile friendliness should be a part of it. Uh, you, you mentioned it, but I just want to really drill home. What about the page experience update is new? Like what, what are some things where you're, you're starting to go like, okay, this isn't from 2017. This is pretty new. Uh, I don't know that any of it really is new. Like HTTPS, that's been a thing. You know, they we had safe browsing, but they took that out. They're like, that's not really an experience signal at all. I don't know why we included that. So they've already been making changes to this thing. Um, I think the biggest change currently is that uh, probably Core, core Vitals is currently based only on uh, mobile signals. Okay. Which mobile um was used for speed since like i don't remember 2017 2018 maybe we had desktop since like 2012 but they, there's no desktop signals right now which is weird and awkward 
in so, my opinion. Uh, but yeah. it's 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 coming. Like they announced it back at Google I/O, but we don't know when that'll actually be part of it. Wow. Well, you mentioned there there are these four pillars of page experience, and uh, I think that in case you don't have your notes in front of you, they're loading, security, privacy, and user annoyance. Uh, user annoyance and accessibility. I'm sorry. Security and privacy, user annoyance and accessibility. For whatever reason, the user annoyance one tickles me. I have some assumptions of how Google is evaluating this. Can you help me understand a little bit better how Google evaluates user annoyance? Like you're annoying the user. Yeah, I think uh, they have mostly two, two things that go into that right now. Uh, the first being the cumulative layout shift, which is yeah. where things like move around as pages are loading or... You know, on certain sites, they're like, you're trying to click, you go to click something and then an ad pops there and you click the ad instead. It's annoying. It happens all the time. That's <laughs> uh, why so many people run ad blockers. Um, right. And the other part is probably the, the interstitials, like the things that pop up uh, when the site is first coming up. Yeah, they're like intrusive interstitials, the, the alliteration I always like too. So uh, I think it's great. I make my browsing the web less annoying. So... Very cool. I'm, I'm curious, some, some tools for the job. Many of the screenshots from your presentation are from Search Council. So what tools are you using to evaluate page experience? And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you work for an SEO tool company. Is there anything from Ahrefs that helps to, I'm sorry, is there anything from Ahrefs that helps to uh, evaluate page experience? Yeah, so most of the stuff is going to be basically from Lighthouse in one way or another. Uh, Lighthouse is in Chrome, it runs tests. Um, then you get PageSpeed Insights or like web.dev from Google, right. uh, which is basically Lighthouse in the background, but then they pull in data from like the Chrome user experience report, and that's the real user data. And then it's basically the same data for that um, Chrome user experience is being pulled into Search Console. So really Lighthouse and Crux are the main data sources. Uh, what we did at Ahrefs is we just plugged in the PageSpeed Insights API into uh, Site Audit. So as you're running through, basically you get the the lab data and the field data, like the the test conditions that are, uh, you know, set conditions consistent plus the real user data from the Chrome User Experience Report. Okay, interesting. All right. Well, I think a big part of this, as you kind of just look at what Google's trying to do, you know, again, this is not new, is that people are using mobile devices to search more than ever. So in fact, you mentioned like mobile first, the mobile first indexing began in 2016. And then you say, and is nearly done. I thought it was done. Can you provide me kind of a quick history of mobile first indexing and where we are with this today? Well, I think it technically started in 2015, but they, uh, it was the like a beta. Yeah, right. well, yeah, it was like a beta announcement, blah, blah, blah. They were maybe testing it out, but yeah, um, they had announced this was going to be done. Uh, last I heard though, uh, like people keep asking, is this done? Is this done? <laughs> uh, so if you research engine round table, the answer is no. John Mueller said like, there's basically some sites that are stragglers that aren't quite done wow. yet. Um, so they're, they're kind of rolling the last few over manually, it seems like, and, uh, we don't know exactly when, but you know, probably 99.99% of sites are, are on the mobile first index at this point. That's interesting. You mentioned something about desktop today. Like, let's say you're just, you're looking at a website, you're trying to evaluate it. Are you looking at it 
on a desktop first or are you looking at it on a mobile first as just as a practitioner of SEO? I try and look mobile now uh, simply because that's really the only signals that are being evaluated. I mean, everything is, uh, you know, if, if for pretty much anything is the content there, I'm looking at the mobile version because that's what they're indexing now right. for speed. I'm looking at mobile version because that's the only version that matters right now. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, I want to shift to core web vitals. We've touched on it a little bit, but yeah, you know, I had, I had Jamie in to go on, uh, previously and she gave me a good one-on-one course. So hopefully I can ask you fewer newbie questions than I asked her, but you know, it seems like largest contentful paint is like the first chapter in the book on core web vitals. Like it's the first thing that everybody talks about. Uh, do me a favor and just for my audience and for my benefit, give us a, a quick definition of what largest contentful paint is. Yeah, it's it's simply going to be the largest element that you see on the screen when the page loads. Uh, and on a lot of sites, that's probably going to be like some kind of featured image. It might be like an H1 tag on very minimalistic sites. It could be like the first paragraph of text or something. Okay. And so common problems, like people are obviously messing this up. There's things that they want to do better to improve their page experience, you know, we can't cover everything, but what should our audience be on the lookout for? Like, what are some common problems that you're seeing over and over again? Well, as far as like LCP, LCP, yes, yep, yep. So I, that's probably the hardest metric to solve for, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I think this is the one where people really struggle and it's, because to get it faster, you kind of just have to move things around on the page. It's not necessarily like, yes, you should obviously load less, compress images, mm -hmm. compress HTML, have less of everything, less JavaScript, less CSS, all that helps, but you can meet the goals uh, for this metric just by kind of moving where things load in a page. Like if you ever looked at a waterfall on a page, like you got something yeah. loads, some more things right, right. load. Like it's all the browser trying to prioritize like what comes down. And so if you prioritize the things you need, like let me preload my fonts or use system fonts or something. System fonts means it doesn't have to load a font. Guess what? That means text can appear instantly. Um, or you can preload the font or, or there's a few different things like font display swap and optional. So it can load a system font and then maybe pull in your custom fonts if you're using them. Uh, images, preload it. So rather than generally what happens is it's going to look down the HTML and start loading different things, like maybe some JavaScript, CSS. So if your largest contentful pane is an image, probably one, optimize the image, make it smaller. But two, if you put preload, it basically, as soon as it sees it, it starts to load it. So instead of somewhere like down here loading the image, it's going to start loading it up here, like right after the page starts <laughs> loading, which means... Yeah all that space that it normally is like saying like let's load the image as soon as it's loaded you can see it yeah well, so really it, it it really is like just moving a lot of things around prioritizing things better yeah and I, I i so relate to that waterfall thing but if somebody listening wants to know about their lcp on their site i understand there's like a few ways to measure it it's not like you just go to lighthouse where, where can they go to find that out and Am I wrong about it? Maybe I'm misstating that. Is there, are there more than one place you can go to learn about your LCP? Uh, again, Lighthouse is probably your best bet. Um, okay. Or PageSpeed Insights because it's pretty consistent. Like if testing in your own browser has 
some issues especially extensions and just ignore that like don't don't bother <laughs> just go to lighthouse or sorry go to PageSpeed insights and do it the tests will be more consistent and everything which it'll vary a little each test run like so don't get me wrong like it won't be a hundred percent consistent but it would be way more consistent than in your browser uh, but they, they actually have uh, a really cool system in there now that wasn't in there even a year ago where you can select like LCP as a tab and it'll show you kind of the things that are impacting it. Uh, and if you click the actual like LCP thing, it'll show you the element. So it'll be like, it's your H1. That's the, the okay. largest thing. This is the LCP, or it'll be like, it's this image here, which maybe is your featured image or something, or possibly a logo right. or something. All right. Interesting. And the, the next part is not only LCP. The next part of this from your talk is first input delay. You know, to a layman, it kind of, kind of sounds similar to LCP, but there's this important distinction. I think first input delay. Make sure I get this right. It's like when you when you can start doing stuff on the page, right? So, do I have that right? And help me understand what what uh, first input delay really means. You got it. Uh, it's basically when the browser can respond. Okay. It's pretty much all 100, like, well, not a hundred percent. It's mostly caused by JavaScript. Like there, there's literally one main thread in a browser. Uh, and you can do things like you can move things off the main thread to like service workers and all, but that's really technical and complex. So let's just say there's one thing that, <laughs> that all JavaScript has to run on. And while something is running, uh, basically nothing else can happen. It can't, a browser can't respond to a user input. So you click something and something's supposed to happen. You have to wait for that previous task to finish. So this so was not necessarily really you, even, you, you, sorry, you, yep. you had mentioned long tasks in your, uh, is this what you're referring to? Is these like long JavaScript? Ta okay. Yeah. It's, and depending on when someone clicked, uh, when that task started, how long it runs and when someone clicked, uh, that delay that's felt that, you know, it might be a quarter second. For, while the JavaScript runs and the browser can't respond. Uh, and that's the user will absolutely feel that. Um, but I think it's kind of a misnamed metric now. It actually used to be the first, um, uh, like literally when it, when it could, when it could first respond to an input, but now it's like kind of a five second rolling period, like whichever has, uh, the most delay it's, it's interesting the way they've they've done it now but i think it measures it better especially when like uh page urls don't change and um stuff is loading different uh, but most people really I, I haven't seen a site yet where they have to worry about first input delay if, if you look at the the crux report it's like 93 94 of sites just pass this by default like in green even not even needs improvement so I don't feel like anyone has really had to work on this much. Mm. I get it. Well, the last part of this is something we touched on earlier, cumulative, cumulative layout shift. And as you mentioned, this is part of that user annoyance topic that I'm so interested in. Uh, I'm curious, are these things weighted evenly? Like is LCP and cumulative layout shift, are these the same weight or is one thing more important than the other? As far as we know, they're, they're each weighted on their own. Like, uh, initially I think we were being led to believe it was all one metric. You either pass core web vitals or you don't. 
but there's a little thing that uh, John Mueller, actually, uh, Google Webmaster Trends Analyst John Mueller, uh, drew and shared on Twitter and then deleted within five minutes. But SEOs, of course, screen grabbed it. And it was a little chart that showed, like, basically LCP and then, like, you know, on, on bad, it's like flatline and then needs improvement is kind of like going up to, as far as a, the ranking signals. And then once you hit the good category again, it's like flatline capped out. But I assume if that's how that one metric works, then they probably all work kind of the same. And um, as far as if they are weighted exactly the same, I don't know. I haven't seen any statements on that, but probably similar they all seem to be weighted very little anyway so yeah right right well well interesting uh you know as you as you said like there's a part at the beginning of your speech it's like page experience we don't know how much it's weighted it's kind of like we'll, we'll see maybe it's not weighted that much uh for anyone listening why should you i think there's a very compelling reason for you to care about this stuff uh why, why would you encourage people who are in seo or people who are web developers to to focus on this stuff yeah, I always tell people don't argue from this from an SEO standpoint. Argue this if you're yes. going to from a user experience standpoint or even an analytics standpoint. One thing that a lot of people don't realize is that, uh, you know, a slower page that if we go back to that waterfall example means your mm -hmm. analytics tag typically fires later. I've seen on some major sites where the analytics tag doesn't even begin firing until like 15 seconds on a like fast 3g connection. So if that person didn't stick around for 15 seconds, they weren't even recorded, which is crazy. Wow. So you can argue analytics, business data, user experience, user annoyance, however you want to put it. Uh, but I, I would be arguing for changes related to that. The only time I would really argue uh, SEO related is if they are in like the absolute poorest category. I mean, if you're taking totally 15, broken, right. yeah. yeah, if you're taking 15 seconds to load, like you definitely will see improvement <laughs> by, by fixing it. But if you're like in the needs improvement going on good, you may not see a lot of difference. That's, that's a good way of phrasing it. Well, interesting. Yeah. There's one more part of this and we're, we're, kind of short on time and speed is a big topic. So I'm going to ask you a hard one. Can you do me a favor? Give me just give our audience just a quick tip or two about improving page speed. Yeah. Um, depends on what you're working on. Uh, basically all your first input delay stuff is going to be pretty much JavaScript related, you can break up the tasks, the long tasks. And that usually involves like splitting the code basically. So it runs in smaller chunks. Uh, Cumulative layout shift is pretty much always going to be uh, CSS fixes. So get a developer, front-end developer, fix the things on the CSS that it tells you. And LCP is going to be the hard one. Uh, there's a lot of different options, like either not using custom fonts or like preloading them, getting things on the screen faster, optimizing images. Uh, you can like defer an async JavaScript, defer or async, depending, but basically delay JavaScript load um, so that other things can get on the page faster. Uh, preload is, oh, yeah, is good in general. It can work for CSS. You can also, what's called inline. Oh, I just bumped my mic. In, <laughs> uh, inline critical CSS, which is taking some of the elements out of, uh, out of the CSS file and right. putting them in the HTML. So like right. all your styles and, and stuff uh, will basically just be on the screen immediately. 
Um, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. It's it's a pretty complicated topic. We may have to have you back on to talk all, only about speed. So it's a it's a big topic for sure. A um, couple of fun ones for you. I wonder if you could tell our audience about uncommon SEO knowledge and if this is something on your Twitter you you plan to continue to do. Yeah, I hope to. Um, I've only done a few of them, but yeah, it's a Twitter thread that I started where. Uh, uh, I basically am just telling people things that they don't know generally. Uh, it's it's so interesting because uh, one of my first ones was about like title tags and meta descriptions, <laughs> and everyone is like, "Oh yeah, like they're not you know everyone knows everything about titles and meta descriptions." And I got something like I don't know eight hundred and some retweets or something ridiculous. Yeah, well, like wildfire, yeah, yeah. They they all have. Um, I do need to continue that. Just life got in the way. I got a house and house projects and everything. And uh, it's been trying to get everything straight around here. But I hope to continue that in the future. I, I really, I have like three more of them kind of already written out. Uh, wow. I, I just need to get back in the habit of doing it. Because I I'd plan to do it like every week. But maybe I'm going to cut that back and maybe do one a month or so. Awesome. Well, I'm a fan. So I will tell you like... From my point of view, I encourage you to do it. This is, uh, you mentioned you have a, a house. This is everyone's favorite part of the show, and it's a good segue. This is where Greg Gifford gives me a question, but doesn't give me any context to the question. So it's a bit of a high wire right for both of us. I don't even know what I'm asking you. I might know this one, though. He had a question for you, the beer and SEO meetup in North Carolina. Is there something to this that, that rings a bell? It sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it's one of one of our local groups here for SEO. We have Raleigh SEO Meetup. We have Beer and SEO is another uh, group, Triangle Marketing. Raleigh's a pretty big hotspot for digital marketing and SEO. I'm amazed how big it is. Yeah, like there's so many SEOs coming out of that area. Ooh, yeah, cool. Beer and SEO is our uh, our unapologetic content. Like kind of anything goes. High. Uh, very in-depth whereas like raleigh seo kind of caters more towards beginners at this point uh it's got a larger audience um beer and seo targets well people that like beer and kind of the the hardcore seos the folks like jr oaks and jenny hollis and jake bohals that are all here man you got a bunch of rock stars there well it's been awesome i, I hope i can I can make it out to rally for one of these meetups at some point. Um, come on out, come speak at one. When we get them, that. when we get them back going, we we got it all shut down from COVID right now. I know, it's just it's like uh, it's 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 impacted this show as you know. So, um, well, listen, Patrick, I've really enjoyed the conversation. If people want to get in touch with you, what's your favorite social media? What's the best way to reach you? Uh, probably just Twitter at Patrick Stocks, or I'm active on like all the SEO Reddits, Slack groups, pretty much everywhere. Well, awesome. Well, I'm going to give you a virtual cheers, and uh, we'll sign off for now from Suds and Search. We'll be back next week. Patrick, thanks again for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. It's fun. Mm -hmm.